We are here to share our stories, experience, and give a platform for others to talk about the no-nos. We are not medical or healthcare professionals. Anything heard here is just based from our human experience, and should you have any medical or mental health challenges, we encourage you to seek professional support. Our content isn't suitable for children, and please be aware it may be triggering. This is Chelsea. This is Catherine. And, and we're talking, talking about, the, about no-nos. the no-nos. Oh, I can never get over this FaceTime. Uh, the the socially distanced interviewing. Exactly. And the okay. timing of it. We're doing our best. <laughs> I know all those videos at the beginning of COVID that came out of like the theater groups, like doing Zoom performances and stuff. I was like, that is not real because there's no way you can actually do that on zoom and so i had to like figure it out like how they were doing it because i was like this is not it's like edited after the fact and it, people are using click track there's a whole thing there's a whole thing but oh at the beginning i was amazed and then i was like no that can't be real because we can't even do one introduction and be insane <laughs> and be insane for sure all right so today we're gonna do something a little bit different okay start with a quote bomb because I felt like it was better placed later in this conversation. We're just going to keep everyone guessing. They'll, they never know what we're going to do next. You never know. We're wild. So today's topic is going to be dismantling the ideal body image culture, which is a big, a lot of words. So it's a big one. Tells, it's Sounds a big one. very fancy. Sounds very fancy. You, Chelsea, actually said that when we were discussing this topic. We, Me and Chelsea, had a, we recorded this podcast last week. Um, and it basically just was like a bunch of word vomit because this topic of like diet culture, so body much, image, yeah. it's so layered and so there's so much to it. But it was great that we did that because down to the point, like our main point was this, like, the like ideal body image mm-hmm. culture type of thing. Like that's really kind of the root of the issue of what we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited to talk about this today. It's something that has really been something I've been chewing on specifically for maybe the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Honestly felt good. It felt really good to just like get it out. Yeah. And, like, to talk kind of about talk it through it all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So first I thought, Let's just, in our opinion, like define what our culture's ideal body image is. Okay. So, for instance, this is things that we've kind of talked about before, mm-hmm. but I'll start throwing mm-hmm. some. I'll start throwing some things out. You start throwing some things out. So thin, mm-hmm. white, yeah, fit, yeah, able-bodied, yeah, beautiful perfectly symmetrical like your face mm-hmm. is like small features small noses you know that whole thing like big lips though like big voluptuous. lips yes uh more of like the this pe- is for the female side right this is well, for the it's yeah like and we're male too it is male too but i i think because we're going to kind of it's going to be more our personal experience we'll talk right. more on the female side mm-hmm. and the female side is has the harsher um, standard, I think. Yeah. But, um, so put the, put your, your body is more on the petite side. Right. Diet straight culture. Hair. Yeah. Straight hair. Blonde. Viewing, uh, thinness as 
being something that is more worthy mm-hmm. or those being thin makes you more successful. It means that you're happier. Um, and this specific one always annoys me so bad. I wrote, the, I wrote some stuff down so I wouldn't okay. forget, but <laughs> this one is like when like you see diet culture specifically mm-hmm. and they're like the, the before and after pictures mm-hmm. and it's like gain your life back and lose right. weight as if you like lost your life. Yeah. you gained more or something so like that's a very i think ideal body image culture that we live in is like you don't even have a life unless right. you're thin and, um well, well and, something and that, that i lo- sorry i'm gonna no, interrupt I was gonna say, and the final thing is like and like losing weight is viewed as the highest success you could ever have in your life that's what I was going to interrupt you for is because you oh, had dang. mentioned that last week and I wanted to make sure because when you said that, it just like rung so true to me as like that the value that we place on that being like this, the highest level of like success and existence for some reason is like either fitting that body image or working towards it. And so when you said that, I was just like, Oh my goodness. So I wanted to make sure that you said it again. So good job. Good, good. So did I miss anything? Is there anything in there that I know we've kind of talked about this already, but is there anything else? Yeah, I mean, it's all those things. It's like fitting the gender stereotypes and like, Mm -hmm. so being feminine and like having white teeth and straight teeth and like perfect vision and all of these things that are just so... It's and just having, so much and, and, and having, having that all together like, and like being, you know, petite, but also like being like athletic, being able to hit 600 tennis balls or whatever it is. It's just this ideal of and being able to do it all, I think, too, for women of like you need to be like the strong, good, capable mother and wife and work and be the friend and be your own person and and you also need to be like when you're pregnant also don't gain that much here's how to have a belly only pregnancy right after you have to have birth here's how to lose weight without losing your milk supply it's like never ending yeah crazy and if and you're celebrated if you lose that's the other thing too because pregnancy is on my mind so i'm pregnant um, you're so, like you're so celebrated if you had a baby and you don't look like you had a baby in a right. week. And that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So to us, that's kind of what we came up with, which which was what we think this culture's ideal body image. Right. And I think what we've experienced, like what's been put on us, because that is just the experience that we fit into as being like white heterosexual you know females that's what's been projected onto us our whole lives and obviously it's i think it's different for different cultures and different people and um but i feel like that this um impossible this impossible thing this impossible like standard or ideology is exists in different forms and all of those things. It's not just in our culture or just for our gender, but I, I know like worldwide there's different, different ones, you know? And so, but the American female body image is like 
pretty oppressive even worldwide, I feel like. And people can correct oh, yeah. me if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, from no, what I, I gather of like history and understanding uh, world, you know, world culture and sociology, that that is something that is um, is held in in regard in so many different places as well. No, I agree. So get into it. So let's talk about our personal our- story. Yeah, like our personal journey, yeah. with, like growing up in this, like just give kind of like highlights into like craziness. I can start, you can start, whoever wants to go. Um, I let's- can start. I think I kind of always felt from the beginning that I didn't fit that. And I, even if I wasn't doing anything that seemed really um, extreme as far as like dieting or these different things to go, I always had this inner inner voice that was like well I'm not measuring up like I'm not I'm not there I'm not good enough I'm never gonna be that girl because like I was already a giant by the time I was 12 and I didn't have straight hair I had curly hair and I didn't have blue eyes I had brown eyes and you know all these things that just seems like well and these are things I can't change you know like I can't Sure, I could straighten my hair, but my hair is still curly, you know, and I could wear, you know, light colored contacts, but my eyes are still really brown, you know. And so it's like, sure, there's all these things. And so just kind of this almost defeated feeling, I think, so many times of like, well, I'm just I'm never I'm never going to be that person. And so then feeling like I wouldn't be enough in various like situations or I wouldn't be deemed as like the beautiful one or I just never really could see myself or regard myself in that way because it it didn't fit right it didn't fit and I was like it's never gonna fit like I'm just never gonna be that person and so even from a young age you know and so kind of living your life that way is really exhausting. Even if you think like, well, you know, I am who I am and that like, I'm okay with who I am and all those things. You can think that, but there still was this, or I could think that, you know, I tried to work on that, but there was always still that battle or those voices telling me like, yeah, but like that guy's always going to like that other girl instead. Or if you just lost like 10 pounds and maybe you would have gotten like that part in something that like you're just not doing good enough you're not working hard enough if you just tried harder then you could and then you would be like better you would be good you know if you did that then you would be then you would be the person type of thing and it's like it just it wasn't even something that I necessarily was trying to do or even trying to embrace it'd be like I'm not gonna you know I'll I'll read the positive things and I'm not gonna get like the beauty magazines to have that infiltrate but it still does in so many small ways it still did and so that was just always a struggle feeling like I was just could never even if I worked so hard and like only worked on that I I could never do it yeah, I, I think that's, I can totally relate to that, what you're saying too, in, in different ways, like just specifically my body type too. Like I just have a larger body mm-hmm. and, um, and like for me growing up and 
we didn't have the internet yet, which is, I, I think, and so insane for kids now that have the yeah. internet and all that kind of stuff. Like, even then, the pressure was everywhere and so real. I can only imagine it now, you know? Mm-hmm. But in the 90s, 80s, and you know, 80s and 90s, it was the total, like, that supermodel. It was mostly the supermodel thing, mm-hmm. like, that was on magazines. And it was, like, the Kate Moss Celebrities, and, like, yeah, yeah. Celebrities, and it was, like, that really, like super crazy thin body like Mm -hmm. extremely thin like that was kind of what I grew up in and um and I don't have that body type zero percent so I I can relate to what you're saying too like where you're like it doesn't even matter (laughs) like I don't even like I don't have that figure even if I starved myself for 10 years like that Mm -hmm. would never happen Mm -hmm. um do you know what I'm saying so I totally get what you're saying with that 100%. And for the record, I can't even tell you how much I love curly hair and brown eyes. So <laughs> that makes you feel any better. That's like my favorite combo. So, and I got a daughter like that. And I was like, yes, that's all I wanted. <laughs> did you feel, um, did you feel like, I know that we, that you didn't really get sucked so much into like the diet culture. Right. Era like the of that. Diet fads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that but did you feel um like how did you figure out like eating and like food what did, what kind of role did has food played in your life like when you were younger and like as so, you've gotten older when I was younger my mom had gotten diagnosed with diabetes right around the time where I was really starting to get to an age where I could be like more independent and like making food and helping make food and stuff and she saw a dietitian that um like basically just changed her life to where she um, controlled her diabetes solely with her nutrition without needing to take any medication. And so that was like a pretty formative time in my life. And then at the same time, I started like taking health in school. And so I really did take in and I was super interested in like food as a culture and agriculture and also like how it affects the body and health. And so I was really interested in that. So when I started taking health um, and learning just about like how sodium affects your blood pressure and all these things, I really took it in and like really was like, oh, okay. Um, And just kind of from there, I think that's always been something I think about and something that's grown in things that I want to understand and be educated about. Um, So I think that's like the positive side of learning about food for me. Plus, I love to cook and I love um, like farming and all of those things. And so um, food as like medicine is very important to me. Um, But on the other side, I also have like a tendency to be like a comfort seeker. Um, when things are difficult and stuff, it's like my brain's like, oh, you just, you just get this, like, get some sugar, get some sugar to me, okay, you know? And so I think that's the been the more difficult side of things for me, especially like I know, I know that this isn't really what my body needs, but it's like what I want right now because I just need to get like through this or I just need you know something to like feel good for a moment type of thing so that's kind of more I think where I'm at dealing with now is that probably served me well like earlier on in life in some ways because I didn't have as many other um ways of like working through feelings 
um, you know, so eat your feelings. But now I'm like, oh, that's probably like not serving me all that well. So I probably need to like figure that out and deal with that. So that's probably more um, where I'm at now is is finding other ways to deal with feelings besides just like the comfort of food. So that reminds me, I saw this thing on Instagram. I don't know. Oh, no, I think I do have a person who quoted it. Um, I saw this quote. And it really struck me because I am massively an emotional eater. That is like super my struggle big time. And it was like this quote where she's like talking to her younger self. Mm -hmm. And she's like, using food to help you cope with emotionally overwhelming experiences was smart and resilient. And I think it's from Coley. Tasio, I'm not sure 100% mm-hmm. who that is, but I it really struck me because I was like for me, my kind of story is you know, I grew up with childhood trauma. I if you don't know my story, I was sexually abused from my biological father from the age of like 3 to 18, and so I was just in like big T trauma yeah. my whole my whole I was just trying to live, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went to food for now that I'm older and I'm like kind of I've done a lot of healing and like gone to a lot of counseling, I can kind of see the layers of why I did it. But immediately I was just a kid, right? With like right. you're supposed to be being taught coping skills, right? So mm-hmm. I went to food for comfort. And that quote was like the first time I felt like proud of myself for doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, you're right. Like that actually was really smart of my little kid self to do. Because I heard this, I was listening to some podcast about podcast with like about addiction mm-hmm. and there, the quote was there's 80% of like sexual assault survivors become like drug addict and alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And I never did. And I was like, dang, like I went to that and I could have gone to crazier, way crazier things. Right. And I remember that being like a pivotal moment in my life, like seeing that quote being like, dang, that was the first time that I like felt proud of myself for doing some for doing something that I've always put so much shame on myself mm, for. Mm-hmm. Right. And so not only that, so I went to it for protection, for comfort, but I also went to it because um, I felt safer in a bigger body mm-hmm. because of because of that. And I know that a lot of people that struggle with weight, there's many different reasons and layers for people. But I do know for a lot of survivors, um, that's a big part of it is you feel your body was violated and you feel safer in a bigger body. Um, You feel like less attract, you know, you're not wanting to attract a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. And then me specifically, my biological dad, he was really critical of, of weight. Mm -hmm. And so that was like literally the worst thing you could ever be. He was, he was obsessed with, you know, staying fit and all that kind of stuff. And he always just was very negative and said very abusive, you know, abusive things to me about my weight. And mm-hmm. so for me, it, it did, I think that that could make some people just like obsessively skinny. For me, it made me have no interest in wanting to be skinny. Right. Like, I don't want to do anything that you like. You gross me out. You disgust right. me. I want to be the opposite of that. So I know that my, my story is so layered. Like I have such a, um, such a history with like diet culture and mm-hmm. just food in general. So, but I would say my main issue is for sure, like emotional eating, going to it to like eat my feelings. Um, I also 
totally got sucked into diet culture and mm-hmm. I've literally done every single diet you could ever possibly think of. I know we were talking about it a little bit last week after we had recorded and I was even amazed even though I've known you my whole life when you were like no I did this and this and this and I was like oh my gosh I was like you really did do them all Catherine. It was like such a conflicting thing for me because yeah. I, it's, it was, has so many layers to it. But then you're also growing up in a time where you're like, like we talked about, like my body wasn't that body, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like to me, I'm like, I'm fine with not having that body now. But grow when you're a kid, you just want to be yeah. accepted. Yeah. And you want to be wanna seen fit in and, and you want to wanna fit in. Mm-hmm. And so I had this conflicting thing where like. I didn't want to be like that because my dad liked that, but I did too because that's like culturally where I was at. It was just like such a conflicting thing. And so I, my first diet, I did a diet. I was on diets in like elementary school, which is insane. It also was like not a thing. Like it wasn't a right. big deal, which is crazy. And I, P.S. Like I wasn't some crazy overweight kid. I really didn't like start struggling with like weight until I had my knee surgery when I was like in high school and I gained like a good amount of weight from that Mm -hmm. but other than that I just was like a bigger like I just like wasn't a small petite person Mm -hmm. so I was like on these diets that like no that like no one really it wasn't a big deal to be on a diet when you're a kid and I didn't need to be right so weird um so yeah so I've done every million kajillion things of fad diets and I kind of like you I I really liked that you took health and all that kind of stuff but I remember like just really like when I turned 30 being like I don't even know like how to not I don't even know what eating how to eat healthy Mm -hmm. I only know how to be on a diet and then like you know every year like it changes what's healthy and what isn't healthy right and so like one year I'm like low fat everything and then the next couple years later fat everything is the butt so I just remember being so confused on how to actually eat right and I'm not into I'm not a I don't like cooking it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's an interest of me like it was for you. But I just genuinely remember like feeling like, I don't know how to eat. What do I do? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I only know how to diet. And then just like be so over dieting that I just like eat whatever I want. I only know how to be these two extremes, mm-hmm. which which I feel like a lot of my friends and like people I know around me, like I feel like that is very much the culture that we grew up in. Like, mm what what's the diet like right now it's keto or like whatever that's like the popular thing and so it's like that's what's fit and healthy and but right it's just so weird so that's kind of my millions of layers of issue and I would say now that's really what I'm trying to work on too is like not going to food for to fill a void or to feel an emotion as well how would you say you feel looking at it now because I feel like one of the things that seems consistent in both of us and what we've talked about is when we were younger, seeing all these things and feeling shame for not being whoever we thought we like should be. But now that you're older and you have like, you've learned more, but you also are learning like healthy ways of dealing with different feelings in life. How do you feel now looking at like the food specifically now that you have done some of this other work like do you still feel the shame or do you feel like it's kind of a different way that you're processing it what do you mean food around like diets yeah 
like as a kid feeling that like you were talking about feeling shame right that you're not that person or that you're not fitting into that image right but now as an adult when you're looking at at the same types of issues and the same like body image stuff culturally do you still feel like you find yourself in like a shame place or do you have a different like how do you feel about it now I still feel like I still struggle with a lot of shame in it Mm -hmm. um but specifically this year kind of like what I said about that quote earlier um I've done a lot a lot of more work with like um just kind of advocating for sexual assault awareness and Mm -hmm. things. And that has really helped me to be kind of more proud of myself for Mm -hmm. just like surviving and coping and doing what, like doing some, like doing my best in like an impossible situation. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things, and I would say that that kind of started coming this year, like realizing this year, like, dang, I'm actually kind of proud of myself for like, I could have gone down so many crazy roads Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm proud of myself for like coping in that way. Like I didn't like, that was smart of me as a little kid, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, I'm actually proud of myself. So I'm starting to feel proud of it. And I had this really awesome moment with my daughter that really did kind of start me like really thinking about this and kind of researching more about it was I was getting dressed in my bedroom one day. And I think my daughter was two at the time. She like comes in and she like just comes straight up to my belly and like kisses it and says, mommy, your tummy is awesome. And I was like, what the, and my stomach has always been my like problem area, whatever you want to call it. The area that I've always been the most insecure about and for sure where I carry my weight. And, um, and to me, I felt like that was God, like just telling me that like, I just felt really loved in that Mm -hmm. moment. It was just really innocent and it was just sweet to see like my daughter just like loves my stomach. It was just a very sweet, I just felt very loved. And that's the best way I can say I felt like God like used my daughter to show me how much I'm loved. And it made me feel like, dang, I, you're right. Like this body, like it got, it went through a lot Mm -hmm. and it survived and like, I need to love it more. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I know that I've done that I've done. And I know this is a result of my abuse was I really can like just detach from my body Mm. and I can be really mean and hard on my body. Like, cause I can just kind of detach from it. So like, Uh I'll like overwork all over like, and to me it's like, well, I'm never going to have this perfect body. So who cares if I don't, whatever, even like simple things like lotion like if I like need lotion I'm like I'll I'll just detach from things like basic kind of self-care mm. and in that moment I felt like God was kind of helping me get through like hey like your body is awesome and, and does amazing things and also that belly like create you like had your daughter in that womb and that's mm-hmm. beautiful and like I don't know I started looking at it differently so I'm kind of on that journey right now mm. of like wanting to like change my mindset but I do still have so many layers of shame to it still, Mm. but I am starting to see, um, I am starting to have a different view of my body and a different appreciation. If that to make a short story long. Yeah, no, I love that. (laughs) I'm glad you shared that. Every time I hear that story, I just think it's so beautiful and I smile and, um, no, I like hearing that because I think 
that's part of the lie we believe sometimes is that we're always going to be stuck in the same way of thinking about things, which isn't, which isn't true and doesn't have to be true. I mean, it could be, but like we have a say in that we get to have a choice and we can, um, you know, we can do something about that. So I like what you're talking about that, how that's like starting to shift for you in some ways and what that looks like. I think that's an important part of the journey. I agree. So this next, this kind of perfectly segues into this, the quote bomb that we're not doing at the front of it now. And this is another one of the things that I saw that really was part of my like awakening of like kind of changing my mindset of the way I look at my body. So Mm -hmm. here it is. Pay attention to your patterns. The way you learn to survive may not be the way you want to continue to live. Heal and shift. Dr. Thema Bryant Davis. Mm -hmm. So what my question is for you, that quote bomb was like, stopped me in my tracks. I loved it. It was like, came at the perfect time in my life Mm -hmm. where I was like chewing on this, this. And I was like, yes, I love this. What specific ways do you want to heal and shift? So, I mean, I'm kind of working on a lot right now. And even before we started when we were talking about this podcast and you were talking about, you know, that you really wanted to talk about it and you've been just thinking about it a lot. And I, I had messaged you and was like, I think that we should, but I also just want to say, I really kind of don't want to either. Cause I think it's going to like <laughs> put me into a deep dive that I really need to go into. But like, I honestly just don't want to work on right now. Cause I'm tired of working on stuff. <laughs> This was my honest response, right? I get it. I and get I was it. like, oh, I know that this is kind of like where where I'm going next. And I just, sometimes you're just like, I don't want to. I just don't want to. Um, but I need to. But I think for me, I've already been on a journey of working through a lot of like emotional healing, um, just through all kinds of different stuff in the last few years. And so I've kind of already been on that journey and that's going to need to continue forever probably because I'm a little bit slow at it (laughs) in some ways (laughs) I'm like I just keep doing the same thing but we um, all are but so I'm I'm working on that stuff and I feel like I'm starting to see progress in that which is really good um but I think in the idea of not seeing my my body as shameful but as honoring it and taking care of it I'm starting kind of starting that journey and I don't know exactly what that looks like I think some specific ways that that looks for me right now is like there's just different things that I've had going on with my body for the last couple years that I've dealt with symptoms of but haven't actually gotten to like the core of why is this happening? Like, why can't I move my jaw? You know, maybe at some point I should find out like if it's possible to move my jaw again type of thing. And so I'm, I'm starting to do that. And for me trying to do that, but also without like the guilt of taking the time and the resources to do those things, doing that and knowing like, no, this is good. And I, deserve to like be able to function you know in a a better way and not to be in pain and all of these things and so I think that's part of it for me and just looking at exactly what does my body need like what do I want like what do I want to use my body to do 
and what does that look like and what do I need to do to be at that place? Not like, how do I want to look or what do I think I'm supposed to be doing? But like, what do I enjoy? And what does, you know, what are things that feel good for my body and what are things that don't? And like, why would I keep doing things maybe that aren't working well versus like, what could I be doing that I'm actually, you know, that are actually giving me energy and life and like taking care of myself. So I think that's part of it. I think a lot of it for me is just coupled with the doing it without guilt and worry and concern about how it affects other people in my life, because that's where I struggle probably still. And that's part of the emotional side is like, oh, well, but then, you know, it's going to make it difficult for people this week because I'm going to have this appointment and, So having that guilt, but having to work through that for me of being like, yeah, but you know what? People can figure out and it's going to be okay. And like, this is something I need to do. And I'm just not going to worry about how it affects 8 million other people, how their day might be harder because I did this like one thing. So I think that's part of the shifting for me. So that's like another short story long but (laughs) no I think that's great I think that there's no way to talk about this subject without making it long because it's so layered and complex and it's like I'm 40 years old and I'm still figuring out the layers of it right Right. it's a complicated thing it's it's messy and I don't think there's anyone that doesn't have like some unhealthy habit with food or their body image it's just like so layered and complicated Mm -hmm. for me um the things, the, the ways that I want to heal and shift from the patterns that I use to learn to survive, mm-hmm. which for me, it really was food, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, some of the things that how I want to heal and shift are just not participating in diet culture and kind of similar to what you said, finding like really like taking the time to learn like my body and like what foods make my body feel good. Mm -hmm. And like, for instance, like being gluten-free for my body feels really good for me. Mm -hmm. I have like psoriasis and eczema and that is like, just goes away when I don't eat gluten and and my joints feel better. So those kind of things, like really thinking of like, like you said, like what's, what does my body feel the best with? Like not what society is telling me is the food or not the food or how much weight I should gain or whatever. Like, how do I feel feel better and focusing kind of more changing my mindset to that. Mm -hmm. And, and same thing with exercise. Like how does my body, like what do I enjoy doing and like Mm -hmm. what doesn't hurt my body? Um, I know me and you both like love swimming Mm -hmm. and, um, and I think I also like, I feel like I could also get into biking. I feel like that's like something I really want to like pursue in the future too. And not putting this weird pressure of like, crazy exercise goals on myself that's always to like kind of the diet culture you know like kill yourself exercise thing like really Mm -hmm. like exactly like you said like moving my body for more than just to lose weight Mm -hmm. to like to feel better to like for your mental health for spiritual health all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um and for me it's been like just unfollowing diet culture on social media Mm -hmm has helpful for me because that's been something that I've been so addicted to my whole life. And even if there's like people in my life that they talk about it a lot, I've shared a lot. I've like learned that I need to like kind of mute them Mm -hmm. 
because that that helps me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That helps me to do that. And nothing against them. I get it. But um, so I'm trying to do that. Um, I also want one of the things I want to do, and I kind of did a study on this, uh, like a study on emotional eating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really liked in this book where it was like saying, like, you need to put your specific healthy boundaries around food. And that it's not like rules or like a diet. It's like for you specifically, what's good boundaries for food? Mm -hmm. And I really loved that view of it. Mm -hmm. So kind of focusing more on that. And what else? Just being kind to my body, like being being more present in my body. And Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that was one of the things I was thinking about as you're talking. One, I like that you kind of had like action points there, but also it's just the kind. That's the thing is like learning how to be kind to myself because I've been so mean to myself for so long. Yes. So learning to be kind to myself is so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. And get it. You would think like it shouldn't be that hard, but it's real hard. So I think that that's a huge part for me in every aspect of the ways that I want to heal and shift and like becoming the actual like person, the human that I want to be. I've I've got to figure out how to be like nicer to myself, how to be kind, how to have compassion and empathy and grace for myself. Amen, sister. So my next question question is a specific one. So maybe I'll go first. Okay. To give you an idea. So what specific ways do you want to dismantle this ideal body culture moving forward? Okay. So for me, kind of what I was thinking of is I don't want to comment on people's weight mm-hmm. at all anymore. Like if somebody loses a bunch of weight, I don't want to comment on it. I don't want to play a part of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a close friend who's confiding in me what they're doing and, you know, something like that. Unless it's like a relationship where we're confiding in each other, like, hey, I'm doing the, you know, like I'm working on this. And like, it would, to me, I want it to be more about like the weight that you lost and just like, hey, like for instance, for me, like anytime I've been, because I've like lost and gained weight, 8 million, like more than Oprah. Okay. (laughs) And to me, like when somebody's, complimenting me it does feel like a backhanded compliment because really like the issue that I have with food is like a trauma issue mostly I think and so for me it's like compliment me for like healing from like a terrible thing that has all these layered effects by it right and so I want to just be more sensitive that weight isn't just the scale right right? and so I want to just stop participating in like hyping up weight Mm -hmm. loss Mm -hmm. so that's me personally And then I also, like, want, like, for in my home, I want, like, my kids to grow up with a mom that doesn't obsessively talk about weight or body Mm -hmm. image Mm -hmm. or – and that isn't on a million crash diets all the time. Right. And so that's another reason why I've really, like, been taking a deep dive in this is because I don't want, like, especially a daughter – um, to like see a mom always on some kind of crazy exercise plan or like, you know, it's always like doing these extreme things. Right. Right. I want to like teach my kids that all bodies are good and they're all different and they all, sh- and it should be different. Like we're all 
made in God's image, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, it it doesn't look like God didn't make one prototype, right? Like, we're all different, right? And that that's good and to be celebrated. And I know, like, they always say that whole like, like you're caught more than you're taught, you know, that whole thing, right? And so, I do want to like be better at loving my body so that it's a genuine thing that my kids grow up with, like having a mom that like is kind to herself and isn't obsessed with, you know, they're already going to get enough of that pressure on their own. Right. Oh yeah. So those are kind of the things I thought of. What about you? Yeah. I think, um, for me, the thing I think of first is always like, well, where can I start making a difference in like kind of an immediate way? And I always think about my kids then first, you know, because I do, they're the people that I am around the most that have the most influence over all of the time. And so I always think about that, just how, how do I want them to see themselves? How do I want them to like view the world? And I know that they're looking at me for like for that so yeah so I want them to see a mom who's like taking care of herself and doing things that are healthy and like you know taking care of her body through like food and movement but also of like oh mom has therapy today like she has an appointment and those be things that we talk about because that's a huge part of it and so talking about our feelings and our emotions and all of that I feel like is very tied to all of that and to dismantling that um, and kind of starting there with them. I like what you said too about the not wanting to feed into that image of like, um, you know, the like, oh, it's like good. Like, oh, you look great. You lost all this weight, you know, that whole type of thing. Um, I've, I've kind of been working on stuff like that for a while of trying not to, um, is what I would refer to as like just judging people in general from like what I see, especially if I don't know them. Cause the, like I have kind of a boundary with myself about that as regards to like people watching all of those things. Cause it's really easy for me to fall in to that. And so the, the thing that I go through in my mind, kind of like my mantra is you don't know their story. And so it's like, if I don't know their story, then I don't get to have like a thought about it. And, uh, or comment on it or like, you know, make some like quip about it. But also like you were talking about is if I was talking to, you know, if I was to have people in my life that I do know their story, then that comes to more of the, like, I see the work that you're doing to like care for yourself, not just like, oh, like now it's good because you accomplished this weight goal because that's not the point type of thing. Um, And then the ways that I try to kind of not feed into that stuff too and want to dismantle that is like by having imagery around that is diverse, that are different body types, different abilities, different looks, um, books. And for me, even not just for my kids, but for me, like reading things by people who have different experiences and different body types by um, seeking out information and resources from different. And so just in the way that I go about things, trying not to be stuck in like, 
a bubble of that, but trying to um, just incorporate more, like more into things. But for my kids too, just body types, like there's books that sometimes we start reading. I'm like, we're not going to read this book anymore because like the art in this is depicting this like mermaid with like, you know, this ideal body type It is a children's book that I'm reading to a two-year-old. Like, no, nope, can't do it, you know? So looking for things that really do, um, like, go away from that because it, there's so much of it. And now I look through the eyes of things, like, as a child, like, what is my child seeing? And I catch so much more now of just all of the the stuff that we're being like presented with that we don't take notice of consciously anymore. I catch so much of it. And so I'm like, Oh my goodness, it's everywhere. It's on this package. It's on this thing. It's in this book. It's in, you know, this show it's on this. And it's like on this shirt. It's just the ways it's all presented. There's so much, but it's like, I don't have to take part in all of that. There's a lot of that that I can just say no to. And yeah. so kind of trying to make those choices, which means that I have to be kind of aware of what that looks like. Yeah, I think that's great. I love that you I love the part that you're saying how you've like put this boundary around yourself that to not to just immediately stop judging someone before you know their story or I mean, just judging anybody's wrong. Anyways. Right. But um, I love that. I think that that's true. And like commenting, like commenting on someone's weight is judging them. And that doesn't always like maybe that you're thinking that that's a compliment, but that doesn't always feel like a compliment. Right. So I love that Chelsea. So I love how you brought up the books and that's kind of the next area that I wanted to go. I wanted to talk about like, what are some books or resources that you've read or that you want to read on this subject? And for me, I'll kind of start with mine. Uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but I did this 40 day Bible study that's called freedom from emotional eating by Barb Raveling. Mm -hmm. And for me, I kind of think that book was, just more about like finding out your boundaries mm -hmm. and like talking yourself through like, why am I eating this right now? Like, why am I going to, um, like, what am I feeling? You know, like really kind of like helping yourself, like self-talk yourself through like, why am I want to eat right now? Mm -hmm. Is it because I'm bored or sad or that made me mad or whatever? Um, it was really super, super helpful to me and I loved it. And when I read it, I, was just got pregnant. And so it was really, I feel like a natural great boundary for me to like, not even be able to like attach a diet mm -hmm. to it. Like I really just kind of had to do the emotional work and like realize like that boundaries are actually good and healthy right. when you're like setting them for like healthy reasons and mm -hmm. boundaries are something that do change. Mm -hmm. And like my food boundaries can change with time. And like, it really had me kind of check in with myself more mm -hmm. and like be kind of more self-aware. So anyways, I loved that book. I loved it. Um, it will be something that I continue to like go through, I think many times in my life. Yeah. And for me, the other two books, I haven't read them, but they are on my list. And I just wanted to mention them because um, kind of preparing for this podcast, I came across them and I was like, dang, this is blowing my mind. And I really want to read about it. Um, the first one is fearing the black body, mm -hmm. the racial origins of fat phobia. And that one's by Sabrina strings. 
That one's so fascinating to me. I did watch, I did listen to a podcast with her on it and she kind of like talked about it a little bit and it's really interesting. So I'm excited to read that one. And then the other one is The Body is Not an Apology, mm -hmm. which just the title alone is like, I'm in. Like that's totally, that's totally, oh my gosh. I've felt like that so many times. Like I've needed to apologize for my body. Mm -hmm. And that one is by Sonia Renee Taylor. Mm -hmm. so those are kind of on my list is there any that are on yours or that you've read i don't know if i have the people specifics on those right now um the two books that you mentioned the body is not an apology and um oh goodness it just left my mind what was the other one um fearing Fear the black body are on my like 2021 reading list for sure yes. um and then I was talking to you earlier today about Joe Saxton. I just love Joe Saxton in general. I think she's an amazing human. And she wrote a book called The Dream of You. And I really love that book. And I basically just want to wake up every morning and have Joe Saxton, like, tell me, um, like, how my body is good and, like, how who I am matters. <laughs> because the way that she does it is just really beautiful. That whole book... It's not necessarily just like a body focus, although she does like talk a lot about that at the beginning, but it's the whole idea of like who you are, who you see yourself as, as like a person. And when we lose that dream and what that looks like and like finding kind of yourself again, like your true self, um, what that process and journey is. It's just a really, really beautiful book. And so... Oh, that's gonna. I I'm would, adding it. I would recommend that book. Adding that to the, my list as well. Yeah. So well, I I've enjoyed this conversation, and I really hope. Too. I think we talked about that a little bit too. Is that um that we want to hear kind of from other people too, where where they're at and what they're going through and how they've seen, you know, these things in their life as well, like what their experience with the like ideal body images and. And all of those things. So I'm always just interested to learn from other people and hear other people's experiences. And I value that. So um, as always, people can hit us up on Instagram at talking about the no-nos. And they can email us at talking about the no-nos at gmail.com. And as always, find safe people to talk about the no-nos with. See you later.